Hey, hey. 
Okay, you got to serve somebody. This is the B coming to you from Mutiny Radio at 2781 21st Street. And the show is Labor and Love, your weekly labor magazine, where we bring you news and views and interviews all about labor and the labor movement here in the Bay Area, the country, and beyond. Featuring the very best in topical protest labor music. Okay, glad to hear from you. Every day is Labor Day. When one man gets a dollar he didn't work for, another man works for a dollar he didn't get. Most recently, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably on the menu. <laughs> a little more on that later. I want to finish off this first set. We got our drought song coming up because we are still in a drought here in California. And then we got a little song about the kind of music we play on this show. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Um, without you, we wouldn't be here. Okay, so here's... Uh, Get yourself all set now. Figure out what you want to be doing while you're listening. And uh, I'll get you some music here to give you a little time. And we're going to have a fine Saturday morning. make me nap and ditties romantic drive me nearly frantic I think they're all full of pap history's making nations are quaking why sing of stars above for while we are waiting father time's creating new things to be singing of sing me a song Social significance, all other tunes are taboo. I want a ditty with heat in it, appealing with feeling and meat in it. Sing me a song with social significance, or you can sing till you're blue. Let meaning shine from every line, or I won't love you. Sing me of wars and sing me. Tell me of front page news Sing me of strikes and last minute headlines Dress your observation in syncopation Sing me a song with social significance There's nothing else that will do It must get hot with what is what Or I won't love you a song that's satirical putting the mirror into miracle
Mrs. Marshall, tell me of mills and mines. Sing me of courts that aren't impartial. What's to be done with them? Tell me in rhythm. Sing me a song with social significance. There's nothing else that will do. It must be tense with common sense or I Zealand, I read a magazine, something nasty crossed my eye. The earth that fed me in California was turning cracked and dry. New Zealand ferns are always green, it rains more there than it should. I looked to the cloud that was raining on me and said, go where you can do some good. Clouds stop crying and wasting time and fly across the sky. Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die. Met a guy from San Francisco in a railway ticket line. He said the Grateful Dead was alive and well, but the weather wasn't so fine. Nobody had a garden, nothing lived but weeds. The earth looked like some kind of feverish person who'd caught a strange disease. He said the reservoirs are empty, cattle dying too. Every tongue is reaching out to sip the morning dew. And they say the fields and valleys are turning green to brown. That the farmers walk a dry and dusty mile in every farm and town. Clouds stop crying and wasting time and fly across the sky. And spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die. I stared up to the diamond stars one cashmere night. Black velvet sky and a raging river was no other sound or sight. The Big Dipper hung up above the river and I felt that it was a shame. All this water here in California dry, I said to the Dipper by name. Reach down and kiss that raging river and fly across the sky. Spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die People and the animals like to gather where water flows A beer, some tea, or a water hole It's there where something grows And remember the music water makes The rainy pool and the circle dance The thunder of the ocean and the waterfall The laughing creek that feeds the plants Now the fields are green again, beauty has returned. Tragedies continue to show what we still got to learn. 
Can't waste away the ocean, water, air, or land. If we upset this sacred ground, we won't have any place to stand. So reach down and kiss the raging river and fly across the sky. And spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her spread a lot of rain, sweet rain, spread a lot of rain on California. I don't want to see her die. That was Brother Charlie Morgan with uh, his song, California Drought Song, I call it, uh, about the long-term effects, root causes, and uh, the consequences of our water use and disuse. Um, for that, we had... Uh, Sing Me a Song with Social Significance by Rosemarie and June. This was, uh, this is taken from a 1957 musical comedy called Pins and Needles that was uh, written and performed by members of the International Lady Garment Workers Union. So Rose is, Rose is saying that, uh, I don't want to hear all this stuff about about the month of May and love and all that, you know, but sing to me about something real, something that's going on. So we got a lot of uh, labor news this week. We've got um, May 15th strikes for uh, higher wages by, uh, by uh, fast food workers case of 246 girls being kidnapped and why it seems like no one cares. Uh, we're going to meet Lucy Parsons, a lady you wouldn't want to mess with. We're going to talk about the beginnings of May Day when we talk about her. Um, this day in labor history, the strike in Mexico that set off the Mexican Revolution. I had the good fortune this week to see the film uh, Storm Over Mexico. And uh, so for our weekly music, movie review, you know, about uh, labor, uh, A Storm Over Mexico by Ray Theus is an excellent choice. Uh, we know much more, most of us know much more about the history of Western Europe than we do about Mexico. Certainly, the, the modern history of Mexico, you know, we barely know anything at all about that, uh, which results in the fact that a lot of people go around thinking that Cinco de Mayo, which is passed, is uh, Mexican Independence Day. It's nothing of the sort, but it is a day of great significance for another reason. 
It's the day that a Mexican army, what you might describe as a ragtag Mexican army, defeated one of Europe's and the world's great military powers at the time, the uh, French army, at a place called Puebla in Mexico. And uh, it's about Mexican national pride, about not allowing a foreigner or a foreign power to come in and uh, and take over your country and treat you like a dog. So uh, a great victory for the Mexican people, a great victory for all working class people, I think, because the Mexican army, though small, was aided by thousands and thousands of what we call common farmers, farm workers, and factory workers who uh, came out to fight against the French threat. So happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Um, again, sports sports keeps pushing itself in on our uh, on our labor show, our labor magazine. The cheerle- cheerleaders all over the National Football League are. Uh, all of a sudden identifying as workers and talking like they even might have rights. And we're going to uh, discuss the minimum wage law that seemed to, I want to say seemed to, raise the minimum wage in Seattle up to $15 an hour. But uh, not really. Okay, let's... Let's listen to our news feed. This is the Wind News Workers International Network, Workers Information Network. Workers Independent News, a production of Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. It covers over 10,000 cities and neighborhoods across the country and involves, uh, boy, I think this year we have 120 million postcards that have been delivered and 35 to 40 million bags. So it's a really substantial effort to try to get out the word on the food drive uh, and uh, let the public help people in their own community. The National Association of Letter Carriers, Pam Donato. This Saturday, May 10th, postal workers nationwide will collect tens of millions of pounds of donated food in their annual food drive that goes straight to local food pantries. Donato says all postal unions are involved in collecting food and delivering it. Collecting and delivering this much food for folks who need it wouldn't be possible if postal service operations were drastically cut back. What this food drive illustrates is not only the generosity of the American public, which we've known for a long time, but that it actually illustrates the strength and the potential that the Postal Service has in its network on the ground. Uh, This isn't about cuts. This is really about saying we can do so much good and provide such a great service to business community and nonprofits alike by using the network that is in the Postal Service. Workers at Case Logistics in Detroit have won union recognition, narrowly avoiding an unfair labor practices strike. The 160 workers sequence auto parts for the Chrysler Jefferson North Assembly Plant in Detroit. 
The UAW had filed unfair labor practice charges with the NLRB, and there was a 6 a.m. strike deadline. The UAW says Case Logistics quickly came to the table before that Thursday deadline and agreed to recognize the UAW. Case worker Cynthia Hunter says she's thrilled to be able to sit across the table from Case and work on productive solutions for workers and the company. The UAW says its members throughout the region were ready to stand with Case workers if they had to strike. The Los Angeles Clean Car Wash campaign has organized 14 car washes, more unionized car washes than in any other U.S. city. United Steelworkers Local 675 represents 133 workers at those car washes. Each of the car washes have pledged to follow all labor, health, and safety laws, and workers are getting a raise. A new car wash law that went into effect January 1st of 2014 requires all California car washes to register with the state's Department of Labor Standards Enforcement. Workers Independent News is brought to you with support from union-owned and represented Bank of Labor. Member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. The Bank of Labor is the bank of choice for unions and their members. Now you can do business with a bank that shares labor values. More info online at bankoflabor.com. You've been listening to WIN, Workers Independent News. For more information, visit laborradio.org. Okay, that was our news feed. Um, significant events in uh, labor happening right now. Um, case workers, you know, the, the spread of the union idea. And you know, I've heard people, even people on the left, say that uh, maybe unions' usefulness, as unions have outlived their usefulness. That we needed them before, but we don't need them now. Unions will never go away. Unions will never, ever go away because the conditions that create unions, the conditions of oppression and the conditions of wage theft uh, that happen to everyone. I'm not talking about overt wage theft. I'm talking about every hour you work, part of the money you earn for your company is taken from you uh, as, as if you're when you're a farm worker it's like a farm worker without having enough food to eat all day long the farm worker works for an employer produces all this food but in the end doesn't get any of it workers unable to buy what they produce all right, I mentioned uh, strikes scheduled for May 15th. Let's take a look at that. This is also from Workers Independent News. Uh, fast food workers mobilizing for better pay and the right to form unions without employee retaliation will walk off their jobs in 150 cities next week. And the, pro and the movement is going global, with workers in 33 countries on six continents staging their own strike protests at McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, and KFC restaurants. Fast food workers made the announcement in New York City Wednesday. Fast food activists, active, activists say their campaign is growing and gaining momentum. The first ever global meeting of fast food workers happened in New York City this week. Workers and union leaders from dozens of countries attended the meeting organized by the International Union of Food, Agricultural, Hotel, Restaurant, Catering, Tobacco, 
an Allied Workers Association, otherwise known as the IUF. That federation includes 396 trade unions in 126 countries representing 12 million workers. IUF General Secretary Ron Oswald says the U.S. fast food workers fight for 15 caught the attention of and inspired workers all over the world. Oswald said this is just the beginning of an unprecedented, unprecedented international fast food worker movement. So as corporations go multinational and supranational, uh, this case anyway, unions are following suit, talking about representing 12 million workers worldwide. And that's what's going to have to happen. Uh, there's going to have to be a worldwide labor movement. Uh, and certainly the basis is there for that kind of cooperation and sharing. Okay, the problems of the National Football League continue. We've got concussions. We've got uh, quote-unquote thugs. We've got uh, uh, owners, as usual, such as Dan Snyder, refusing to change the name of an overtly racist name. Uh, not even supposed to say it on the air, but I mean, what it is is talking about people's skin and what color it is, <laughs> making that the most important thing around them. Anyway, here's the story about now the cheerleaders, a former professional cheerleader for the New York Jets filed a wage theft lawsuit against the team Tuesday, making the Jets the fourth NFL team this year including our Raiders, to be sued by cheerleaders for allegedly violating state labor laws. Unlike the Buffalo Jills, Jets cheerleaders did not have to pass a jiggle test. Okay, jiggle test, they had to uh, walk around in front of these guys who were watching and shake their tits, you know, to... Uh, make sure that they would uh, make, they would um, draw attention to themselves. The Seattle Seahawks pay their cheerleaders, the Seagulls, for all the hours they put in, including overtime. Let's see what we got about the jiggle test. I... Anyway, a uh, former Cincinnati Bengal Alexa Brenneman filed a similar lawsuit against her team. Raiderette Lacey T kicked things off with a wage theft lawsuit against the Raiders. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about a nine, $9 billion industry here. We're talking $9 billion. They were instructed when to change their tampons and how to properly wash intimate areas. They were required to appear in bikinis at an annual golf tournament where they were stuck in a dunk tank or auctioned off and made to ride around in golf carts 
on the laps of winning bidders. Hmm. Okay, uh... <laughs> Nine billion dollars. A woman named Crystal C. alleges in her lawsuit that although she earned $150 a game, plus $100 for outside appearances, she was not paid for thrice weekly practices or rehearsals or for a compulsory participation in the for-profit cheerleading camp sponsored by the Jets. Okay, the Raiders' response has, has been that, uh, oh yeah, even though we're routinely breaking California labor law, Raiders attorneys now say that the, when the Raiderettes signed their contracts, they signed away their rights to sue in court. Aha, so if you're a slave and you sign, someone tells you you have to sign a paper to get work or to live or continue on with your life, are you going to sign it? I mean, probably a lot, of, a lot of women were hoping for you know, some kind of money here to support themselves. The uh, Lacey, the, the Raiderette who's suing, has two kids. Anyway, the Raiders attorney writes, attorney-like, the plaintiffs signed written employment agreements stating that all disputes they have with Oakland Raiders shall be subject to binding arbitration through the National Football League. Does this give the Raiders the right to violate California law? They're definitely saying that it is, that it does. So watch this case. The, the old sports uh, establishment is falling apart. The NCAA, the the recent allegations about owners in sports leagues. I'm talking about Don Sterling, of course. Uh, just reveals to us that this is a business and this is how you get over in business. You try to discredit critics like the the brain doctors who brought the first uh, concussion cases. You, you try to shut everything up so you can keep making money. You have to watch this case. And now something about the minimum wage law, which a lot of people have really uh, hailed as a, a victory for working people. If you're a low-wage worker in Seattle, good luck finding out how much you will earn under Mayor Ed Murray's proposal to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour. In a news conference on May 1st, an international day of worker protests and celebration. Murray unveiled a minimum wage plan so complicated reporters can't understand, understand it, as described by The Stranger, Seattle's alternative weekly. Kshmana, Kshama Sawant, Kshama Sawant, a socialist elected to the Se Seattle City Council last fall, 
on a platform of a $15 per dollar per hour minimum wage says the proposal is a step forward, but notes that it contains numerous loopholes and could take more than a decade to come into effect. If we don't remain unrelenting, we're going to get very little. Workers fall under one of four classes depending on the size of the business they work for, whether they can get tips, and whether the employer provides health care. The proposal gives big businesses, that is more than 500 employees, three years to raise wages to $15 an hour and four years if they provide health care. Small businesses, which cover more than 99% of businesses in Seattle and 70% of full-time workers have seven years to get to the $15 an hour if they only offer wages. If the employer offers health care or other worker, or the worker earns tips, then these dollar amounts will be added to wages, so their minimum compensation is $15 an hour by 2019. Uh, so it's all very complicated. I invite you to check the article out. It's in uh, Working These Times, in these times.com website. But uh, it is a step forward. When uh, such a thing can be passed uh, in a major American city, by the way, a city with a, a very strong and proud labor heritage. Uh, maybe things are, maybe th these things will be included in what's called the quote unquote, the national debate. Okay, yak, yak, yak. Uh, I'm going to remember my own mother now. I'm going to play a little set of songs for her, songs that she loved. And, uh, Maybe a little anecdote about her. Today's the day to remember your mother, the first woman in your life. Um, mothers can be sources of enormous strength, but I would say most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, that mother-daughter, mother-son relationship is the first and one of the very strongest in your life, uh, for good or bad. All right, anyway, this is a song my mom loved by uh, Glenn Miller when she was a young Greek girl in Min Minneapolis, Minnesota.
Okay, that was uh, Glenn Miller Orchestra with Joe Glazer's In the Mood. Um, Christine Morgan was born in 1916 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, of uh, Greek parents. Her family comes from an area of Greece called the Mani. Uh, she was raised in public schools in Minneapolis, um, played tennis around Powderhorn Park, had uh, several sisters and brothers. It was a big Greek family, and uh, they lived in a house which uh, I recently went and visited in Minneapolis. It was, by all intents and purposes, a uh, a nice situation. A lot of people around. A lot of love, uh, especially from their mother, Alexandra. Okay, this is a song she also loved, although maybe not this version, but I think uh, she would like it anyway. Here we go with Ray Charles.
Okay. Uh, Christine lived at home. Uh, she was kind of the baby of the family, the youngest of the sisters. She spent a lot of time with her youngest brother, the younger of, of all the kids, Charles. And they were, they were very close. Um, she married uh, Bill Morgan, a guy she met uh, one Sunday when he came to dinner. My uh, grandfather was had four daughters, so he wanted he wanted to make sure they married Greek guys. Say so he had five daughters, Christine. Anyway, he wanted to make sure they married Greek guys, so he he would invite Greek students from the University of Minnesota over to his house on Sunday afternoon for dinner. Guy was no fool. Uh, one of the Greek guys brought William Morgan, Bill Morgan, my dad, who was really broke a student, worked at a mortuary to support himself. Uh, they met and uh, began a courtship. Okay, so I want to play... Another one of her favorites, um, sung in this, sung here by uh, Placido Domingo. Placido Domingo, yeah. She loved this song too. <laughs>
pristine set. We had uh, uh, a song that still rocks. Uh, really rocks. Really gets under your skin. <laughs> uh, In the Mood by a guy named Joe Glazer and played there by Glenn Miller and his orchestra. Then we had uh, Ray Charles with a deeply soulful version of uh, You Are My Sunshine. And we finished up here with uh, Lalo Guerrero. Let's, we're going to finish up with this one. We had Spanish Eyes by Placido Domingo. And uh, when we play that Lalo Guerrero song, then we know it's time to uh, take a break. You are tuned in to Mutiny Radio. Mutiny Radio Studios are at 21st in Florida. Mutiny is much more than a radio station. It's an art center. We have comedy, we have uh, graphic art, plastic art. We have shows on all different subjects. Mutiny Radio, where people do it for love. Okay, let's play some PSAs, and then uh, we'll do our commercials. Do you know who Bob Geddens is? Go on over to BayAreaBluesSociety.net and find out. The Bay Area Blues Society is a nonprofit 501c3 organization dedicated to the perpetuation of blues, jazz, and gospel as an indigenous American art form. They are dedicated to the preservation, promotion, and representation of this American folk music and cultural forms of blues, jazz, and gospel as they took root in African American communities. The communities of Oakland, Hayward, Russell City, Pittsburgh, Richmond, and Vallejo all have deep roots in the music idiom. For the past 23 years, the Bay Area Blues Society has reached out within our community, as well as expanded to other communities, to present the rich musical heritage of the blues, America's first true homegrown art form. There is a rich cultural tradition of blues in the Bay, and the Bay Area Blues Society is proudly carrying the torch.
Bullying is aggressive behavior that is intentional, not accidental or done in fun, and that involves an imbalance of power or strength. Often, bullying is repeated over time. Bullying can take many forms, such as hitting or punching, teasing or name-calling, intimidation through gestures, social exclusion, and sending insulting messages or pictures by mobile phone or using the internet, also known as cyberbullying. Bullying is more common than many adults realize. Most studies show that between 15 and 25% of American students are bullied with some frequency, i.e. sometimes or more often. Adults are often unaware of bullying because many children and youth don't report it. They may fear retaliation by children doing the bullying. They also may fear that adults won't take their concerns seriously or will act inappropriately to deal with the bullying. To learn more about how you can prevent and help stop bullying, check out www.stopbullyingnow.hrsa.gov. This public service... Research and practice show that one simple activity, reading out loud, is the best way to prepare children for learning to read and keep them reading as they learn and grow. Reading aloud helps your children develop the language skills that they will use in school and throughout their lives. Reading aloud also creates a special time for you to bond with your children, cuddle together and share your adventures, laugh at silly characters, root for heroes, and wag your fingers at villains, and do it together. At the same time, you'll be helping your child develop a lifelong appreciation for reading. For more information about this, go to www.rif.org. That's R-I-F This public service announcement is brought to you by Mutiny Radio. Welcome back to the uh, second part of our Labor and Love show. Uh, the show where you where you are one of the inheritors of a strong and proud tradition of resistance to oppression and exploitation. Where from the very beginning, as soon as people set foot on this continent, there was always a battle between, to make it simple, property rights and human rights. Okay, those were our, those were our public service announcements, the Bay Area Blues Society, reading aloud to your children and anti-bullying, all things that we really have to be militant about, watching for in our world. The anti-bullying, especially, is something that often goes under the guise of something else. Reading aloud to your kids, there's, there's just no substitute for it. And maybe it's not even the reading, the technical part, that's the most important. It's the, uh, the child understanding that you're willing to take time and that this is an important thing to do that you can do together. So I want to talk about Alta California, so I will. Um, I'm talking today about their tranquility tincture. The tranquility tincture is uh, 
half and half THC and CBD. THC being the more euphoric uh, qualities, containing the more euphoric qualities of of uh, the cannabis plant, and THC, the uh, um, CBD, the healing properties. Okay, so Alta California, Stinson Beach, California, nine four nine seven zero. Call them at 877-737-4420. Pain relief, headache from muscle, from headache, muscle pain, back pain, arthritis, PMS, MS. You're not destroying your lungs as you do it. It's less expensive. The quality is consistent and reliable. And it's non-addictive. So check those people out. I'll give you the number again at 877-737-4420. On the web at the number 4 altacalifornia.com. All lowercase letters. Check them out. PM Press located in... Uh, Berkeley, California, Oakland, California, pardon me, at Post Office Box 23912, is a publisher of high-quality books about resistance to authority, resistance to corporatism, resistance to oppressive regimes, both public and private. Um, check them out. The, their phone number is 510-658-3906, www.pmpress.org. And today, in connection with May Day, we're going to read about Lucy Parsons. Parsons was the, was the wife of Albert Parsons. Uh, she was born into slavery of... African-American, Native American, Mexican-American descent. Uh, she was she married uh, Albert Parsons, an ex-Confederate soldier. They had to leave Texas due to their relationship and political activism, and they moved to Chicago, where they both joined the Knights of Labor and the Social Democratic Party. And Lucy helped found the Working Women's Union and with Albert helped organize the local section of the Anarchist International Working People's Association. According to the Chicago police, she was more dangerous than a thousand rioters, a speaker of formidable talent. She saw that social injustice was caused by economic oppression and the majority by a wealthy minority. She supported violent direct action. A land to the landless was her motto. The tools to the toilers and the product to the producers. Deeply involved in the movement for an eight-hour day during a meeting at Haymarket Square on May 3rd, 1886, a bomb was thrown, allegedly by a by a police uh, 
informant. Um, seven police were were killed and several civilians, and there were eight anarchists. Some of them who had been at the meeting, some who who even had not. They were tried and and hung. Uh, Governor Altgeld commuted the sentences of four of them when he became uh, governor. Lucy continued to travel widely on speaking tours and to write, founding her own journal, Freedom, a Revolutionary Anarchist Communist Monthly in 1891. She was among the founding members of the IWW, advocating the idea of sit-down strikes and sabotage as weapons in the class struggle. She worked frequently with the Communist Party and despite failing eyesight, continued her activism until the final months of her life. An offshoot of this riot and the police reaction to it was a, a campaign all over the world uh, to uh, contribute money to the defense of these workers. Uh, and out of that came May 1st, International Workers' Day. So in every country around the world, <laughs> International Workers' Day is celebrated, but in the country where it originated or where the incident for which it was originated came from, it's not celebrated. They give us Labor Day, and uh, Labor Day is a day when all the kids have to go back to school and... Uh, Kind of a deadhead uh, Labor Day. Celebrate May 1st. So that's uh, Revolutionary Woman, a book of stencils, published by PM Press. Women you wouldn't want to mess with. Published, uh, written by the Queen of the Neighborhood Collective. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit more about, well, let's quit talking. Let's play some music. Um, the commercial we had about the, uh, about the cannabis brings to mind Lalo Guerrero's Marijuana Boogie, but let's play some songs by music, by mothers. Um... This one is by Sinead O'Connor, and then we got uh, Billie Holiday and Joan Baez. That Sinead wrote for her son. Will you wait for me till I am heavenly? Oh, there's much more 
got his own That's got his own Yes, the strong gets more While the weak ones fade Empty pockets don't ever make the grave Mama may have Papa may have But God bless the child that's got his own That's got his own Money, you got lots of friends Crowding round the door When you're gone and spending Relations give crust of bread and such. You can help yourself, but don't take too much. Mama may have, Papa may have, but God bless the child that's got his own, that's got his own. Was 
Everyone knew his party was anti-Semitic, but uh, he smashed trade unions just a few months before he was, uh, before he, after he came to power. Um, the German labor force, headed by a guy named Robert Ley, would replace all trade unions and would look after the working class. How well they did that. <laughs> is uh, a matter of history. So, what is it about labor unions that threatens leaders so much, that threatens especially autocratic leaders so much? What is it about the labor movement that threatens employers, corporate employers so much? Why will someone, for example, known as a, a benign and kind person, the owner of a Home Depot, refuse to allow his workers to have labor unions? Because he wants to own them. He wants to be able to assert his right of ownership over the lives of his workers without their having a voice. To some extent... He wants those workers to belong to him. Just as Hitler marshaled the labor movement in Germany and to get it behind his, his uh, campaign and his uh, ideas to build up the German military, he couldn't stand to have an independent voice. Uh, I had a little thing that I wanted to read about Boeing workers, um, JetBlue pilots. JetBlue pilots, this is about two weeks old, uh, voted to unionize after twice in the past several years turning down a union. But recent pay increases at other big U.S. airlines and JetBlue's rapid expansion have complicated the airline's annual talks with its pilots. So, JetBlue is expanding. That means it's making more money. Other pilots are getting pay raises. According to the Wall Street Journal, the daily Bible of the uh, investing class, uh... JetBlue pilots earn $187,500 in salary, pension, and benefits in 2012, which is on a par with Southwest Airlines and other uh, comparable airlines. The union vote won't necessarily increase the pilot's compensation, but it puts upward pressure, pressure on work rules. Mike Boyd, head of the airline consulting firm Boyd Group International. JetBlue pilots Gustavo Rivera and Ricky Durham of the JetBlue organizing committee said, the pilots voted to unionize so that we have the ability to improve our professional careers. We also want to work with management to ensure we continue to contribute positively to JetBlue's success. We believe in JetBlue. I, they sort of have to say that. Um, the vote leaves Virgin America as the only fully non-union company among big U.S. airlines. 
Organized labor groups generally represent much of the workforce at most U.S. carriers, although at Delta Airlines Incorporated, the pilots are the only major unionized work group. What interests me is what he says at the end, the ALPA President Lee Moak, the union that's representing the pilots. Dramatic changes in the airline industry over the past few years, including several big mergers, helped produce the JetBlue pilots' change of heart towards unionization. It allows them to be an equal participant at the table, and that's important in Washington, and that's very important in airline activity. He said, and I quote, If you're not at the table, you're probably on the menu. Here, here. If you don't have a seat at the table in, in negotiations about your job, you're probably on the menu. Makes sense, doesn't it? Certainly does make sense to me. Okay, it's about 11:33 uh, now, 11:34. I want to uh, have everybody out there take a moment now and think about your mother. Think about all she did for you. First of all, bringing you life. But think of every other thing that she did for you. And think of your mother as a person, as an individual. What your mother did was put in a lot of free labor out of love. I mean, there's all this talk about the market economy, but think of all the labor that's done that's unpaid, the kind of labor that mothers and, for example, teachers do, person-to-person labor. And mothers do it for love. So we have, uh, we have our mothers to thank for so much. All right, we got some uh, something to talk about one people one struggle i wanted to play something by george carlin um i guess i'll have to look for it afterward um this one is by anti-flag uh, one people one struggle one of the really uh, good topical uh, punk groups Anti-flag. The people united will never be defeated. 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 The people united will never be defeated.
Okay, now uh, almost done. Hope you're having a good day. Working the morning shift with you here. This is by Nina Simone, and this is her tribute to her mother called Blues for Mama, a beautiful, heartfelt uh, song.
fuss and fight and bring a good man down and don't know how to treat him when he takes you on the town they say you ain't behind him and just don't understand and think that you're a woman but acting like a man Okay, that was a mother, oh, sort of a mixed. We had uh, anti-flag with one people, one struggle, and I wanted to emphasize uh, something that Dolores Huerta said in a recent interview. She said, when we're all separate, we can be defeated, and everybody knows that. But if we're all together, if we unite across ethnic, racial, gender, if we unite along those lines and um, forge a program, forge a, a program for the future, we can't be defeated. There's no way. Uh, that was proven, I think, the power of the consumer in this country is the ultimate power. And we saw that power when, <coughs> pardon me, people began not paying their mortgages for one reason or another. The whole uh, housing market fell apart. The great and vaunted market, the rules of the human interaction, all you have to do is not believe in those rules. Turn away from those rules and the whole thing falls apart. Um, one people, one struggle, as they say. Bonnie Raitt was next. I just like that one, something to talk about. 
and uh, Nina Simone with her blues for mama. Uh, I guess trying to get inside her mother's head and talk about the destructive relationship that she had with uh, with her husband. One more I wanted to play about. Uh, Give me a second, I'll take a look for it. Yeah, I've found it. This is George Carlin talking about the so-called self-esteem movement. Um, Bullshit that children have been so crippled by has grown out of something called the self-esteem movement. The self-esteem movement began in 1970, and I'm happy to say it has been a complete failure. (laughs) Because studies have repeatedly shown that having high self-esteem does not improve grades, does not improve career achievement, it does not even lower the use of alcohol, and most certainly does not reduce the incidence of violence of any sort. Because as it turns out, extremely aggressive, violent people think very highly of themselves. (laughs) Imagine that, sociopaths have high (laughs) self-esteem. Oh, what a thunk, huh? I love when this kind of thing happens. I love when these politically correct ideas crash and burn and wind up in the shithouse. Here's another one that bit the dust. This practice of playing Mozart during pregnancy so the fetus can hear it. It was supposed to increase intelligence. Didn't work, didn't work. All it did was sell a lot of CDs and piss off a whole lot of fetuses. It's all bullshit. Okay, that was George Carlin and his take on the self-esteem movement, especially the part about women uh, playing Mozart to uh, to uh, increase their baby's. Uh, <laughs> their baby's um, IQ. It's something that a mother would do, though, okay? A mother would do that for you. Mother, If your mother feels that uh, that's going to increase your intelligence, they would definitely do that. So uh, it's time to get out of here. It's uh, a little bit before the noon hour. This is Mutiny Radio. 2781 21st Street in the heart of the Mission District. My name is Bill Morgan, a.k.a. The Bee, and this has been Labor and Love, your weekly labor magazine with the best in 
topical protest, working class protest songs. Okay, never uh, got our labor homilies. Every day is Labor Day. Today, 150 workers will die on the job or of work-related conditions. A number of millionaires and billionaires who will die of work-related conditions uh, so far we haven't been able to find. Remember what the guy at uh, JetBlue said, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably on the menu. When one man gets a dollar he didn't work for, another man worked for a dollar he didn't get. I want to call out to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Uh, you're one of the, the potent universal forces in the universe that keeps us all going. Um, happy Cinco de Mayo. Happy uh, International Workers' Day. Um, Let's hear a little bit of the Internacional. I want to yell out to uh, Vita down there in Foster City somewhere. My soulmate, Sylvia Ramirez, to uh, Nepo, to Solina, to brother and sister, Charlie and Lexi, Vita, Marlene, Kiki, Suni, all you people out there. Have a good day. This is the Internacional by Japanese classical guitarist Kerry Miraji. See you next week on the day shift. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeered by Michael Hi, this is Carl. I'm Mike's friend. I, I wrote this song. Mike turned on our French poodles, Chinese Michael 
Michael. Spiegel. Michael. Where am I? What the fuck? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Let's Watch. Whoa, I hate you. Look, just I just want to get this one song out. All right, I'll put the guitar away. Oh, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, let's start this again. Hi. Hey. How's your day been? Pretty good, huh? Carl and Mike are here. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That's the name of this podcast. Guess what we're going to do? We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With? Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl, we got to make sure. Carl, Carl, how? Yeah. Co-host. Oh, Carl. That's right. Yes, this Carl. Um, in person from the tri-state area comedian of the of the sure. new york city metropolitan connecticut area he's from new jersey but he's here in san francisco with me that's right right in the city you could go ahead and talk right into the mic it won't oh, hurt yeah sorry yeah yeah there well we go. since i've landed here in san francisco this particular district has been my mission this has been your mission district yeah because i hate ashbury ladies and gentlemen if you enjoy this humor you are in for a treat for the next hour and 58 minutes. So we uh, want you to go to YouTube. First off, relax, okay? If you just discovered this podcast, yeah. follow our, our feed. Just go to iTunes and type in L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T or go to mutinyradio.fm and look for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube or L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You can go to our terrific webpage. Uh, it's our landing page. It's called Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. And it has the movies uh, linked, embedded, as well as yeah. the podcast. We watch the podcast, we watch the movie and listen to the podcast at the same time for a full entertainment experience. It's the easiest way to go there to the Blogspot. Yeah, the easiest way to go to Blogspot. Uh, but it's also easy to sign up for the RSS feed. We love everyone who's on the RSS feed or bread and butter. Uh, so, okay, I think the formalities are done. We are recording live, and because Carl is here in the studio, we do this every Sunday to the 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, our phone line is open. 415-550-0511. Do you want to talk to the man, Carl? <laughs> He's right in the studio, usually my friend. Usually up the line, but not today. Yeah. Usually the, we prevent the crazies from calling because Carl's on the phone. But no, I just I wanted to get here um, to this studio live in San Francisco. Yesterday, this woman was like, what, what brought you to San Francisco? And I was like, well, it was a Boeing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls-Royce engine. Uh, Yo, know, I went into the, the the lady at the airport. Said, "Are you here for work or pleasure?" And I said, well, "I guess it's work now." <laughs> we could ask <laughs> me questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's no pleasure, that's for sure. Uh, okay, so go ahead to YouTube.com. Yeah. And did you notice the irony in our web page? What? Well, we're watching movies that I don't think YouTube has the right to post. Oh, I see. And and. My po- and Google owns YouTube and Blogspot, so I just like the fact that my web our website has YouTube and Blogspot in the name. Mm-hmm. It seems like eh, whatever. Well, I guess that's my weird bullshit. <laughs> now the thing is, today's film yes. it's like got like five or six names. So what is what will one search for on YouTube? Well, all right. So I think it has the coolest name, but uh, I believe. The girl from Starship Venus is the that girl from Starship Venus. So yeah. go ahead. Yeah. This is a 1970 movie. Mm-hmm. 75. 75. The girl. Go ahead and type that in. And uh, 
The girl from Ipanema? Did you do open parentheses? Can I see the screen a little better? Oh, yeah, of girl course. Girl from Starship Venus. I see the girl from Starbucks, girl from Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Girl from Starship Venus, choice number three. The girl from Star Wars. The girl who stole from Starbucks. we got to watch that video after the movie. Okay. All right. I see uh, Cult Medium is hosting it. Okay. Is that the first? Yeah. And it's yeah. in open parentheses, 1975, close parentheses. That's correct. I think that's the version I watched. Is it an hour and 20? What is it? Hour and 20 minutes. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So uh, catch up with us. We are on YouTube and we just searched for Girl for Starship Venus. We found it. It's Girl from Starship Venus. And then close parentheses. 1975 close parentheses again because I don't know what I'm talking about and that's from cult medium they're parentheses ladies and gentlemen cult medium go ahead and click it and then hit the pause immediately because we want to let it pause buffer and then we're going to play it at the same time look at this my science project 1985 I always see like bootleg copies all right I think we're ready this is age restricted by the way <laughs> okay. Did you know this movie is restricted? Uh, well, I mean, it's 75 and it has nakedness, so, um, you know. Okay. Well, I think that's enough for you. Rated R. All right. So here we go. At the count of, uh, we'll do a countdown, and when we say go, uh, go ahead and go press the button. Uh, the count of three. Wait, wait, wait. Is it going to yeah. be three, two, one, go? Yeah. Well, you got to let the audience know. Okay, you did. Yeah. Okay. All right. 20. 19, 19 18, 18, 17. Okay, we're going to get to go. Let's watch a full length. After we sing the song. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. That's an excellent song, by the way. That, go. You messed everybody up. Now we're out of sync. Now we're out of time. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, we see the Milky Way. Cameraman died of asphyxiation trying to photograph right. that shot. Yeah, there's no oxygen in space. His blood boiled, but first he died of asphyxiation. The Infinite Frontier. Oh, this the Infinite Frontier. Of the Starship yeah, they're making a mission. You can hear the song even the planet of the Finally, a, a William the Shatner impersonation. Sexplorer, says the screen. Right, and it does it in the 2001 A Space Odyssey were letters, type font. And look, the director's name is like the second credit. He's just like, let's get this movie going. Our intention is to land one of our own people among the... Whew, they, nothing <laughs> subtle about a Star Trek parody. Now, they are going to land, but they don't call it the planet Earth. Yeah. like them would finally solve the mystery that has puzzled our own people since time immemorial. This is the planet Dom. D-O-M, the planet Dom. Dom, yeah. the Dom, Dom. It should be D-U-M-V, but... Our chosen landing site. Their chosen landing site is London, and they're going to land in Piccadilly Circus in Soho. Oh, really? Hey, look at that. Oh, I should raise this. Let's get this. Now was the moment of commitment. Now they land in a puddle, and the ship is the size of a pinball. Look, see? It's a pinball. Oh, wow. It really is a pinball. We have impacted Dom. What's happened? We have landed in uncharted sea, Commander. Data bank advises immediate relocation to more arid condition. Bridge to engine room. 